0: The context for this scripture was Jesus was preaching in Galilee, and he went from one town, and then he stopped, and early, early in the morning he went out to pray, and the disciples got up and they were looking for him. And in verse 37, when they found him, they said to him, and the King James says, all men seek for thee. And so there were those who would seek for Jesus for healing, there were those who sought Jesus to hear the word, some sought him to hear what he had to say, not necessarily uh, believing what he said, and others, they sought him because they were curious, and you have that full range of, so to speak, seeking today where people will seek Jesus for various reasons. Back then there were motives of the heart, today there are motives of the heart. Now we know that seeking Jesus is very good, but the means by which people seek Jesus and I'll say, not not talking about the world, talking about Christians. The means or the, the reason why people seek the Lord is different. And you can have different Christians and you have a different type of heart that will seek the Lord for various reasons. And I have always been... Concern for myself personally that my Christianity would not become tradition, that I would just come to church and do it out of obligation, or come to church to, you know, be here and just be here. And I did never, never did want my Christian walk to become a habit. And it's so easy to get into a routine of things, and it's so easy to take the Lord for granted. And so when we come to church, why do we come? When, when Christians across the country go to church, you know, what's the reason they come to church? Uh, What type of heart is there? Uh, Is it a heart that wants the Lord? Or is it a heart that is seeking something different? And in Deuteronomy, turn to Deuteronomy 4. I like the Lord because he gets down to the bottom of things. And so you walk with him and you think things are fine, and then the Spirit of the Lord comes next to you, and He shows you something, and you say, oh, I see that now. And now you have to make some type of adjustment in your life, in your heart, or the direction, or whatever it may be. And the Lord does this because He loves us, and He does that because He wants things to be right with you and I as far as our relationship with Him. Now in Deuteronomy 4, uh, verse, uh, let me see here, we'll just back up some verses here. Verse 23, take heed to yourself lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God which He made with you and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden you. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. When you beget children and grandchildren and have grown old in the land and act corruptly and make a carved image in the form of anything and do evil in the sight of the Lord your God to provoke him to anger, I call to he- heaven and earth to witness against you this day that you will so- soon utterly perish from the land which you cross over the Jordan to possess. You will not prolong your days in it but will be utterly destroyed. And the Lord will scatter you among the peoples, and you will be left few in number among the nations where the Lord will drive you. And there you will serve God's, the work of men's hand, wood and stone, which neither see, nor hear, nor eat, nor smell. And this is the verse I want to show you. But from there you will seek the Lord your God, and you will um, you will find Him if you seek with Him with seek for him with all your heart. Now, in this verse here, verse 29, the phrase here is and there you will you will serve, excuse me. And from there you will seek the Lord, your God. Now, there's a dual meaning here in this phrase from there you will seek the Lord. First of all, they would be taken captive into other lands, for example, Babylon. And so, because of their idolatry, and because there was a continual thing going on with the Israelites, practically in every generation where they served other gods, uh, Jeremiah prophesied, and he says that you would be taken into the land of captivity, to Babylon, and he said that you'll be there 70 years. And that will be fulfilled in keeping the Sabbath or the land would enjoy keeping the Sabbath. In other words, they would be out of their land, they would be in Babylon for this period of time. So in the context, the first meaning I see here is he's talking about them being in captivity. Secondly, from there you will seek the Lord I think he's believe, I believe he's talking about a spiritual condition, and this applies to the spiritual condition, that the Israelites would find themselves in. And so what is the condition that they found themselves in? They were in captivity. Some of them uh, didn't serve the Lord. They weren't interested in the Lord. And then you had those that were a remnant. And in the heart of man... Many times the Lord brings us into certain places that we are not really you know, liking. It's not something we enjoy. The Lord will bring us into this place of captivity, so to speak, where now our attention is not on ourselves as much as it is, well it is, but as much now as it's turned to the Lord to get out of the place that we're in. And so the Israelites experienced this where the Lord took them into captivity and things were difficult for them. And he says, now from there, from that place, you will turn and seek me. Now, I prefer, as I'm sure you do, to walk with the Lord and have a heart that seeks him so that other measures do not come to bear because of my disobedience or my lack of desire for him or my lack of seeking him. But many times with the Israelites, that was not the case. Now turn to Isaiah. Isaiah 55 a very familiar portion of scripture. Verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So this implies that there would be a time when the Lord will not be found, and it implies that there will be a time when the Lord may not be near. Now the context of this verse is seen In verse one, ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. So for the Lord to be found of us when he is near, I believe will take a heart that thirsts after him. And so whenever you come to church, I come to church, it's easy to move into this formal thing and I don't care what church it is, many, many churches who started off very, very close to the Lord and walking with Him and seeking Him, over a period of time, whole denominations have been diverted or moved aside to something else where there is a slight shift, and now something else is there in front of them Instead of a heart that wants the Lord and a heart that seeks the Lord. And so anything can become tradition. Reading the Bible, study the Bible, coming to church, all of it can become a habit. Now, coming to church can be a good habit. But yet, in our heart, Are we moving toward the Lord, or is there some other reason? I'm coming to church because I'm obligated. I'm coming to church because I have to teach downstairs. Uh, I'm coming to church for this reason or for that reason, or it's just a thing to do, I'm a Christian. And so the heart must be guarded so that we do not move aside to where we maintain a heart That wants the Lord and many times I believe that the Lord he is here and he's waiting for us and he's looking for a seeking heart and he's standing over on the side waiting and because our hearts are not ready or we're not really coming and paying attention to him and seeking him we're not found of the lord or we we don't find him where he is here because we are pardon me for saying this indifferent and when our hearts become indifferent then there's no seeking the lord anymore and so as i said earlier this has been a concern for me for years because The longer we walk with the Lord, the greater the chance can be that we can move into tradition. And we could not really seek the Lord for the right reasons. Now in Matthew, turn to Matthew 7. How many churches uh, have you ever gone to and gone in the church and sat there? and there was no moving of the Spirit, there was no life, it was just dead. And that's just not some, you know, like a Catholic thing, I can say that, I'm I'm from that background. But there are some Christian churches that you can actually go into, and you find the same thing. They go through the motions, they read the Bible, they have a 15-minute sermon, they have maybe three songs they sing, and there's nothing there. It's dead. Now, that's, of course, we know not always the case, but with some churches, that is the case. And in Matthew 7, this verse here, I, I've heard this verse quoted by so many people, and I've read it many times, and you've all heard it. Matthew 7, 7, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Uh, seek and you will find." And many times this verse here is used in a self-centered way. Well, you know, seek and you shall find. Seek what you want, your desire, and you shall you know, find it. But people many times seek for themselves. They want what they want for themselves. Without any regard to the will of God, the purpose of God, and the person of Christ. Seeking, although it, it can be very good, if the motive of the heart is incorrect, or if the focus of the eye is not what it should be, then seeking can be turned into something that is self-centered. Now I'll turn to 2 Chronicles, chapter 15. Okay, 2 Chronicles 15, 4. But when in their trouble, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, and he was found by them. The Israelites did this frequently. They walked in their own ways, and whenever they got in trouble, they would seek the Lord. And if you would read the book of Judges and study it, you'll see one reoccurring theme, and that is that the children of Israel moved into apostasy, and the Lord would allow them in that place for so long, and then he would bring judgment. He'd bring the Midianites or whomever upon the land, and he would bring judgment. Then what happened was now they're in trouble, and the people would turn to the Lord. They would seek after him, and then the Lord would raise up a deliverer or a judge and, and take them out of their trouble. And this is a reoccurring theme in Judges, and you can see it here in Chronicles and other places in the Bible. And this is not as uncommon as you would think. Sometimes people, Christians, they will walk with the Lord, and they will turn aside and do their own thing for you know, a period of time or whatever. And before you know it, they find themselves in trouble. And many times the Lord is faithful to come and to deliver them out of their trouble. Now, this is not the best way to seek the Lord. The Israelites did it, and the Lord was faithful. A Christian can do it. The Lord can be faithful but it is not the best way to seek the Lord, and it is not the way he has intended for us as believers to come to him. So seeking the Lord in trouble can cause our hearts to to believe that it's okay to move a certain way because the Lord will intervene and help us, and I've had Christians even say that and live that, where they would go and walk a certain way that they knew they shouldn't walk. And after so many months or a year or two years, they get in so much trouble, all kinds of things going on with them. And then finally they come back to church or they'll come back into the Bible school and, you know, they're a mess. And you pray for them and they make some decisions that are correct and then the Lord delivers them out of their trouble. But that never the Lord has never intended that to be a pattern with the Israelites or with a Christian. Now turn to uh, John six, just one verse. John six verse <clears throat> twenty four. When the people therefore saw that Jesus uh, was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into boats and came to Capernaum seeking jesus now on the surface if you were just to read that verse it looks as though hey that's pretty good they're seeking jesus but remember that there are many different reasons people can seek jesus and so if you have a church of 400 and people come in the door there may be various reasons why people are seeking Jesus. And and there's a gospel now that's being preached, and people seek Jesus in that, and the, the Lord is not there. I'm going to be a Christian so I can be rich. So there are various reasons, but I like the Lord. If you come around the Lord and you stay around him long enough, He gets to the bottom of things. He gets to the root. He points things out. And and that's a very good thing. It's not a bad thing. I like it when the Lord points things out in my life. And I never take it, well, I haven't to this point, in the wrong way because I understand that he's doing it for my benefit and I understand he's doing it because he loves me. So the Lord here... In verse 24, they're saying this to him. And now he's going to get to the bottom of things. He's going to tell them why they're seeking him. Verse 26. Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I say to you, you seek, seek me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. So once again... They, they were seeking Jesus, or you could say, hey, they came to church. Well, that's okay, but now what takes place? Now turn to Psalm 27. Have you ever wondered why, not why, but have you ever thought about the Lord, how he looks into the heart of Christians all over the world? And he's very, very graceful to us. He looks at your heart. He looks at my heart. He looks at, at the other Christians' hearts. And he sees where we are spiritually. And he knows what it's going to take to take us from where we are to where we should be. And so he, he doesn't condemn. He comes and he's faithful to do what he does the best, and that is minister to us where we are, speaking his word maybe of correction, or maybe uh, he's speaking a word that you need to hear that God does care about you. And, and whatever it may be that the Lord has to, to say to you and I, he does that for our benefit, he does that to take us from where we are many times, if it's not a good place, to move us to where we should be. Now, once the Lord does that and we get to the place where we should be, then we start to see our eyes are open and revelation comes and understanding comes to us now uh, of of the Lord and what he has done and what should, should transpire now with us. Now, in Psalm 27... Now, this psalm here is chronologically uh, written after Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is, was right after when Nathan the prophet came and he um, said to David, you're the man, and so forth. And David, you know, he's in this place where he's not right with God. He says, created me a clean heart and all that. So all that's taken place. This this psalm here is written after that. And and listen to what David says. Psalm 27, verse 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. So David saw the Lord's faithfulness, and he's not meaning to dwell in the temple forever, uh, but he's talking about... that he may dwell in the house of the Lord, or he would remain faithful to the Lord all of his life. He had this uh, time in his life where he went astray with Bathsheba, but now he's been restored, he's been changed, and he has this heart for God, and he seeks that now uh, he would be faithful to the Lord all of his life, that he would have a heart for the Lord all of his life. There would never be a change again where he would move aside and get into these other things here that cause all these problems. Now turn to, um, or let's go to verse 8. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. So David here is in this good place that the Lord had, after he brought correction to him, he brings now revelation to him uh, on how to walk and how to keep his heart and how to seek him, to seek the face of the Lord. Do you and I make it a point to seek the Lord? See, did you come to church today with a heart that was seeking the Lord? so that when you come in, you are ready to be brought closer to him. Not where, you know, we sing song after song after song, and sometimes, you know, sometimes the song services are very long and good, but sometimes it takes quite a long time to get some of the people where they should be so they can enter into what the Lord wants the desire of God is that we come to church with a heart that is open and a heart that is ready to seek him. And and I think that that is missing in many, many areas where people come to church and as I said, it becomes a formality to them. It's very, it's a traditional thing. And there isn't a real seeking after God. I like what David says, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. See his heart, his heart, that's not tradition, That is the heart going out to seeking the face of the Lord. Now in turn to Psalm 63, they say this is also chronologically written after Psalm Psalm 51 also. Verse 1, O Lord, you are my God, early will I seek you. Does that mean early in the morning? Possibly. Remember, David was up late, and he was up on the roof, and he fell into this sin with Bathsheba. Now there's a change in his life. Now he is early seeking the Lord, maybe early in the morning. Or uh, it can mean he was just early in the day, his heart, he gets up and he's seeking the Lord. Our hearts should seek the Lord all the time. No matter what we're doing, it doesn't matter what we're doing. Our hearts can still be moving toward the Lord if you can understand that you should some of you should understand that so he says oh god you are my god early will i seek you the word early there can mean early or it can mean earnestly so once again there is this intense thing in the heart that wants the lord that wants him Apart from tradition, apart from it being habit. You know, if you spend 20 years in church, some of you that grew up in the church. uh, I've been in church a lot longer than that. And you come in Sunday, and it seems as though sometimes it's the same thing. You know, you sit down, you have song service, open the altar, preach the message, there's songs. It seems as though it's the same thing. And we will have this drawing to fall into patterns. I think that's something with all of us. I don't know about you, but I like patterns in my life. You, know, you get up, you do certain things, you, you, know, you have a cup of coffee or whatever you do. And you know, we, we like patterns, and there's nothing wrong with patterns. But when it comes to the Spirit... We need to be guarded so that we're not always looking at things as being a pattern. Okay, it's the same thing, it's the same thing, it's the same thing. If that happens, we will miss the Spirit of God. We will not see the moving of the Spirit, and we will not experience the moving of the Holy Spirit because we have fallen into this thing. And... It's very, very, very easy, as I said before, to fall into a pattern like that. Very easy. And so the Lord says, seek me. Now, seek me is totally different. Seek me gets you out of the pattern because now there is, the Lord doesn't follow any particular pattern. The Lord doesn't follow tradition the moving of the spirit is not always the same. So you have to follow him, you have to follow the moving, and you can't really get a pattern or you can't make that in spirit tradition. See, in the natural, we can make things tradition. It's the same thing every week. But if we allow ourselves into that, doing that, then we can get in trouble. But if we stay with the Lord as far as seeking Him, He will show us and help us to move in spirit so that we don't fall into these these pitfalls that many people fall into. Now in Colossians. So as you see here with um, Psalm 27 and Psalm 63... What was the object of seeking? David said the object of his seeking was the Lord. It wasn't something else. It wasn't this, that, or the other thing. It wasn't the healing. Uh, It wasn't to hear the word, say, the object of the seeking first must be the Lord Jesus. Now, Colossians 3, verse 1. And I was looking at uh, the first four verses this morning, and I found something a little interesting here. And many times we look at the Word, and, and we read it. And that, I like the Lord because I've read this many times, but you sometimes you down you read it, and then the Lord shows you some little thing there, and you see something different in it than you, than you saw before. But let's read verse 1. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Now, let me read it again. If then you were raised with Christ, seek. Now, this phrase here, those things, if you look that up, you'll see that's a a Greek word, ho, H O. And when you start to look at that word, it means nothing related to things, seeking things. Now,. The context here is probably heavenly things or spiritual things. But it doesn't mean, as far as I can see, seeking things. One of the things it says here, it can be translated as the word this. So if you insert that word here, seek this, which is above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on, and that's the same phrase, things above. Set your mind on this, not on things on the earth. The context here of the first four verses has nothing to do with things. It's drawing the attention to Christ, with Christ, in Christ, Christ. Not any other thing. Seek those things, no. Seek this, seek Him. Seeking in its purest form is always going to be seeking God or seeking the Lord, seeking Jesus in its purity. The results that the Lord wants out from the seeking will be what it is to be when the seeking is correct, seeking Jesus. And so it's okay if you have a need, I have a need. Of course, you come to church, maybe you have a physical problem, or maybe there's some other thing going on with you, and you need to seek the Lord for healing or whatever it may be. That's fine. But remember, first and foremost, we must seek Jesus. When we come here we should be doing this all the time but when we come to church our hearts should be seeking the lord and many times there are so many distractions in church have you ever noticed that all these distractions things to take your attention off the lord you know the kids are here there and everywhere it's like okay now there's something else for you to overcome There's always some distraction, there's always something there around, even if you weren't in church, if you were at home, it's no different, there's always something that arises to try to take our hearts away from seeking Jesus. And so, I'll ask you this, have you come today to church for the right reason? Have I come for the right reason? Have you come to seek Him? Is your heart poised toward the Lord today? In closing, let's go back to 1 Chronicles here, 28. 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9. Toward the latter part of the the verse. If you seek Him, He will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. And the forsaking here, when he says that, to cast you off forever, that's a heart poise or that, that's uh, an individual who, who decides to go their own way, period. But I want to draw your attention to this. If you seek him, he will be found by you. And the Lord is quite gracious. And he comes many times and and meets us even when our focus isn't what it should be. Uh, I mean, that's happened to me many times where I was somewhere else. I mean, I was physically here, but I was somewhere else. And I wasn't thinking of the Lord. My heart wasn't poised toward the Lord per se. And I was kind of scattered. And in his grace and his faithfulness, he came And he touched me and, you know, got me going again in the right way. So our hearts as Christians are to be set toward him. And we are to seek him, like David said, my heart will seek your face for the right reasons. And I pray that all of us would be able to maintain that all our life so that it doesn't become, uh, church and all this doesn't become tradition, it doesn't become just a habit that we fall into, but we'll move toward him and have a relationship that is growing daily. Thirsty, Jesus says, "Come, rivers of living.